Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We are in the last Mishnah, the last paragraph of Chapter 2, Perak Bet. We're in Perak Bet, Mishnah Chaf Aleph, Chapter 2, and it's Paragraph 21. In this Mishnah, this paragraph, we're going to just briefly look at it because it's pretty self-explanatory, actually. This Mishnah, this paragraph, we're just going to talk about a little one and little comments, and then we're going to move over to the next chapter, which we hope you join us for, and spread word. You are not required to complete the task. Yet you are not free to withdraw from it. If you have studied much Torah, they give you great reward. And your employer can be relied upon to pay you the wage of your labor. But be aware, realize that the reward of the righteous will be given in the world to come. So this Mishnah is building on the previous Mishnah. And we realize, we might think to ourselves, there's so much to do in this world. There's so much that I'm required to do, that I'm asked to do. Why should I even start? I'm not going to be able to ever finish it. I'm not going to be able to do so. So why should I even try? But we should think of King David, who was told, who had the passion, first of all, to want to build the base of to build the temple, because he saw that he was living in luxury. He was living in a palace of cedar and stone, and the Ark of Hashem, the Aron of Hashem, was sitting in a tent, and it was a bizarre it was an embarrassment. So he felt like, let's make a beautiful palace for Hashem. He asked Nasan Navi. Nasan Navi said, go for it. But then Hashem told Nasan, no, don't go for it. And he made Nasan Navi go to David Melch, King David, in the middle of the night. It probably was 2 a.m. by that point because David Melch was a go-getter. David Melch was probably already calling the contractors, probably was already getting all the materials involved. As Rabbi Rosner explains, he was probably already making the plans and probably already building the plans. So Nasanadvi had to get up and go in the middle of the night to tell David, no, you can get everything ready, but you can't complete it. So David Melch wasn't disheartened. He did as much as he could to get it ready for his son, King Shlomo, Shlomo Melch, King Solomon, for him to build the temple, even though David couldn't build the temple. So he, he realized that he wasn't able to complete it, but he did not pushed himself away from even starting, and he did as much as he could. Also, Moshe Rabbeinu, he made three of the Arimikla, three of the cities of refuge, even though he wasn't going to go into the into the actual Israel, and it wouldn't be functional until the other ones were set. But he said, if there's a mitzvah in my hand, I'm not going to let it go away. I'm going to do as much as I can, even though I'm not going into the, into the land of Israel. So we have to do as much as we can. We have to use every minute we can to complete the task. We can't just go away from the task. If we're given talents, if we're born with abilities, if we're born with capabilities, we have to do what we can. Hashem gave us the abilities. If you're supposed to write that novel, write it. Even if you can't write a series, write the novel. If you're supposed to do a show like we do, even if we don't know how many seasons we'll get out of it, we don't know how many people we will reach, but we, we're given the idea thanks to Hashem, so we do what we can. We have to start it. Even if we don't know how much we could finish it, you have to do what you can. We're just going to read a few comments here, starting with the stories on the bottom. The city of Devinks was blessed with two world-renowned geniuses who served in two congregations during the same period. The Ragat Shavagarn, Rav Yosef Rosnat, lived the Or Sameach, Rav Meir HaKohen, and eulogizing with the following observation. One trapped under a fallen beam in a burning building can find the strength to move the beam and escape the flames, even though under ordinary circumstances he would never be able to push the beam even an inch. Rav Meir always tapped into that strength when he learned. Such strength is a result of pure willpower. The only effect 
weapon against the natural limitations of laziness. We can't be lazy. We can't think we shouldn't do anything because we won't finish it. We have to do what we can with whatever we are given. The other, the other comments explain that Rev Tarfon was building on the previous Mishnah, and a person might feel overwhelmed. Why should I do anything? I won't be able to complete it. The day is short. The task is abundant. It's useless to try, but Rev Tarfon says we're not absolved of it. We have to do it even if we think it's too heavy. And God only gives him what he can handle. And God realizes that he might not be able to finish it, but God wants him to do the effort. He wants him to do what he can. The work is an optional. It's a, it's a burden that must be borne, as Rabbi Raviona says. It's not possible to finish it, but that's okay. We don't do it just for the reward. We do it because Hashem wants us to do it. He sees the effort expanded, and that's the greater reward. The films are agras. We'll learn later. And an ignoramus who enters the study hall was told he has to study little by little by little. But he was discouraged and he said, how will I learn all this? And leaves the hall. But we realize, we have to realize that Torah is like water. Drop by drop, it accumulates until you have a powerful stream. And effort, effort, effort every day gives results. And you have to realize that we're given the task and we have to do it. We can't run away from it. And we're rewarded in accordance with the efforts. Unlike other tasks where incomplete work is worthless, here, the effort is what's happening, and man will get reward with the amount that he does, and a person should realize it. And the employer, upon relaying upon to pay, you, pay the wage of your labor, a human employer can go bankrupt, but God always has the means at his disposal to reward man. God never goes bankrupt. God is perfect. And the spiritual accomplishments really benefit himself. God doesn't receive anything from them. He's perfect. God rewards man as if he does something that benefits his master, even though it doesn't really benefit God, it benefits man. Man couldn't succeed in any pursuit without God's help, but he's still rewarded because God is that good and he's going to trust and he's going to pay us the wage of our labor, quote-unquote. The righteous really get the reward in the next world. Rav Yonah explains it's an incentive to follow the divine path. You realize that the great reward is really in the in the next world, and that should give us the fervent love of the Creator and a desire to please him. And you should realize that we don't seem like we're rewarded here, but really the good, good people get the reward in the in the world to come. The wicked are rewarded in this world, and mediocre people get some reward in the next world, but really it's all in the next world, because the next world, an hour, is more than anything you could imagine here. We have finished this chapter, moving on to the next chapter, and it's customary, we say, Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Nekash, Omer, Ratzakadosh, Baruch, Lezakos, Yisrael, Afikach, Hirbalheim, Torah, Mitzvah, Shemar, Nechavetz, Matzkoy, Agdot, Torah, Rabbi Adir. Rabbi Hanan Mekasha says the Holy One Blessed is he wished to come merit upon Israel. That's why he gave us Torah and Mitzvahs in abundance, as it says, Hashem desired for the sake of Israel's righteousness that the Torah be made great and glorious. Shkoyach on finishing the second chapter. Join us next time as we move over to chapter three, Paragimel here on the P A L with Tani G and I'm your host, Tani G.